Yo, what's going on, everyone? I'm Tommy, and that is Gary. East Coast. We are back at it again with another podcast for you guys. I don't know about you, Gary, but I'm getting extremely worn out mentally from all this damn house-finding processes. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's tough to get a house out on these streets. Everyone either wants us in too soon or the house is off the market before we can even apply. But uh, I, I, I do think it makes it difficult that we are three guys in our early 20s trying to trying to rent a house in somewhat of a big college town. I, I do think they'll have our best chances with this house we just looked at today. What are your What are your thoughts? Yeah, man. I mean, it was a super nice house. I know we were both really high on it, walking around and checking it out. Um, realtor seemed like a really cool guy. Obviously, we've been in contact with him, and, and I'm really just hoping that uh, we could pull through and get this house. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm looking forward to it for sure. Yeah, speaking of looking forward to things, I'm looking forward to having our third Hedu out here. You know, shout out Thomas. Juicy. But, uh, yeah, we actually had our first fantasy football draft this last weekend. And, and how do you think you did? Me? I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty humble dude. Uh, I, but, I, I mean, I think, I think I got a good roster. You know, I don't think I have maybe the best roster based on them, them ESPN analytic department. But, uh, I mean, what do they really know? I, I, I like my chances. What so- are you, my man? So what are the thoughts on if you call yourself humble? Does that, does that make you less humble? I'm, I'm kind of confused on that one. Okay. Um, I mean, I think some people might say it and be disingenuous about it. And they're just like, I mean, you're oh, a pretty disingenuous dude. Oh, my goodness. We coming at next tonight, boys. I mean, I think that's pretty tragic you say. And I think any of our listeners who know me uh, would say I'm, I'm not a disingenuous dude. Right. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm just messing with you, but, but either way, if you, if you say you, you think you're humble and you honestly mean it, you come from saying it humbly, not as just like a weird flex, then I think it's okay. All right. So I'm is... the polar, I'm the polar opposite of that. I think I drafted the, uh, 2020 fantasy football champion team right here. Who's uh, your, who's your running backs? How many of them you got? You know, I got Josh Jacobs. Yeah. You know, uh... Well, how many running backs <laughs> did you draft though? I mean, I think I, I think I drafted four and no. number two. I did. I did. I did. My number two guy, uh, Leonard Fournette, I don't know if anyone else has heard, but he got released by the Jacksonville Jaguars, so that was really tough. But he was picked up by Tom Brady's Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, they got a crowded backfield over there, but I'm still hopeful that you know he pulls out in his RB1. Yeah, I feel bad for anyone who drafted, uh, I believe their RB1 before was uh, Ronald Jones. I believe I got that name right. Yeah, it was uh, Ronald Jones, but um, – on the, other side of, on the other side of that news is Bruce Arians, the head coach, kind of came out and said that as of right now, he is the guy. Obviously, it's his I mean, job to lose. I mean, true. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see when the season happens. I mean, the one thing about the, the fantasy football draft that we did over the last weekend was we increased the, the league to 12 members from 10. And I really felt the effect with drafting teams a lot. Thinner. I can tell. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, like I said, maybe three or four running backs. I definitely drafted a little too wide receiver deep. But, I mean – it was thin, man. There's slim pickings towards the middle to end. Um, like I said, I'm high on my team. I'm not too worried about it, but there was definitely a big difference between 10 to 12 teams. Yeah, and I mean, I think the weird issue is going to be since we went to 12 teams and there's already less dudes on waivers about with this whole COVID thing and players start missing games, you know, it's going to be interesting to see who, who are playing in some of these flex spots as we get on to the middle part of the season. 
Yeah, no doubt. I just wanted to also shout out Brando for taking over as league commissioner this year. I've been league commissioner of NBA, NFL fantasy for the last, I don't know, five, six years or however long we've been playing. And he kind of took it over this year. So I really appreciate that. I could definitely use the year off. Yes, sir. Thank you, Mr. Long, for all you've done taking over this role. No doubt. And I uh, also joined my uncle's league, which is an auction draft auction draft for this Monday. I personally have never done an auction draft. I'm definitely going to have to get some mocks this weekend because it's a big $100 buy-in. Might not be big for Ooh. everybody. Yeah, but, you know, that's that's some some big cheddar over here. I mean, that's no chump change. I mean, with, with, with $100 like that, you know, you, you really want to be, be invested. It'll make, it a, definitely... make it a competitive league, though. That'll be fun. You'll be getting good games every week. You'll be getting the best oh, no of doubt. everyone. And I, I'll just definitely need to do some mocks this weekend. But we'll, we'll see, and I'll, and I'll kind of recap on Monday. Or I guess well the pod will be out before the draft, but I'll recap on the weekend of mocks and, and let you guys know what I thought. Hey, I'll give you a, a pro tip. Maybe draft one or two more running backs than you did. Dude, there's time. not that many out there, man. I mean, what's the point of having seven wide receivers when four of them are going to send your bench every week? Listen, it's a, it's a committee running back league right now. There's only about four, five, six dominant running backs. So it's kind of it's hard for me to – to draft someone relatively high when I know they're going to be splitting the backfield carries with, with two two other people. I mean, I understand. My thought is just if one of your running backs get hurt, you have no one from the bench, and then you have no one on waivers. Cause... Oh, there's no one on waivers. So that's what I'm saying. Like, Even though it might suck to not have not have one of your guys as a wide receiver, there's more wide receiver waiver options than running back options. Well, I have a lot of upside at the wide receiver, so so maybe early in the season I can get a trade off and kind of secure another running back. Oh, okay, putting some heaters on the block early we'll for see. trades. Well, if anyone's listening, and, you know, <laughs> I got an extra running back and is looking for for a rookie wide receiver or someone with some high upside, you know, hit my yeah, you uh, know hit where my DMs, yeah, hit my DMs with some trades. We'll see if All that right. hotline blinks. No doubt, but <laughs> moving on, uh, we're going to talk about the N- NBA playoffs. Uh, recapped the first uh, round, both game sevens between Houston and Oklahoma and Denver and Utah. Let's go ahead and start with the uh, Houston versus Oklahoma City series. Yeah, I mean, I know we both predicted that Houston was going to get it done. I know I said Houston was going to get it done in six, but Chris Paul had to nix my idea on that. But, uh, I mean, we'll we'll start with Chris Paul's great game six. Obviously, that that buzzer beater was, uh, was nice to see. Yeah, I mean, I, speaking of Chris Paul, I really would have liked to see him take that final shot in Game 7. I know we'll kind of talk about that. But he kind of seemed to, to shy away from the ball a little bit. And in the Game 6, in the interview, he said, like, he's built like that. Like, he's built like the Damian Lillards of the league. And I just really would have liked to see, you know, him take more charge in that Game 7 final seconds. Yeah, I mean, that last play was kind of kind of scuffed. I mean, that whole last last little sequence uh, for Game 7 was, was weird to watch. I mean, you had... Chris Paul flop, then then you had the turnover, then you got OKC charging down. You're wondering, are they going to call timeout? Don't harden flops. It was just, it was just a mess the last thirty seconds. I really didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, it's pretty nutty, and and it's kind of crazy that okay, I mean, uh, Houston was able to pull through because Harden definitely struggled throughout the game. You got to give credit where it's due, though, and he came through and it mattered on the defense end, blocking Dort's three pointer at the buzzer, or damn near buzzer. Yeah, who would have thought if we were talking about a last game sequence that it we're talking about Harden's defense? But I mean, but it's true, it's true. Uh, he he got it done on defensive end, and you know that's what that's what gave him the dub. Yeah, I had some hard flashback to when Manu blocked him in almost that same situation, similar angles. Definitely a flashback for him. I feel like he's he's got to be thinking about that one. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I don't think so. I'm 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 gonna be straight. I don't think so. Harden's a gamer. That that left his mind very soon after. But uh, it was a similar instance. I'll give you that. It was a similar instance. But, I mean, obviously, Houston winning game seven, moving on to face the Lakers. But uh, let's just quickly talk about what we think is next for OKC. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't say I'm up to date on, like, the free agency as far as who they're going to lose or who they got to sign. But, I mean, what we've seen from this playoffs, their guard play with Shea, obviously CP. Uh, I, I'm not sure about what Dennis has, has got planned for him next season. Uh, and then, obviously, Steven Adams, I mean, it, it's a center I'd want on my team. Uh, I think any any guard would agree that they want Steven Adams. So they got some good pieces. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they, can, what they can do next season. What about you? So I, I looked it up. It looks like Dennis Schroeder has about one more year on the contract, $15 million. So I don't know. They're in a spot where it's like if maybe they could add a piece and go for it again, or do they start to trade these big guys, Chris Pauls, the Dennis Schroeders, and, and really go for the rebuild? Because I know they have a lot of – a lot of young talent, a lot of picks. Um, so it's going to be it's definitely going to be something to watch uh, for this offseason as far as what their decision is for the next season. Definitely. Uh, as long as they keep their head coach, I do not want to see another head coach firing. Yeah, no, he, was, he was up for coach of the year. I, don't, I think Billy Donovan's safe over there in Oklahoma right. City. He better be. I'm a so, so moving on to the next series, uh, we have another game seven between Denver and Utah. And boy, oh boy, was that a low-scoring game! Oh yes, it was a real barn burner. I think uh, I think we both mentioned that we thought there was a cover on on top of the hoops because just nothing was falling. It was it was crazy to see nothing like the NBA of today. Yeah, it was a complete opposite from the other games in the series where Donovan and Murray had fifty a pop. They had like sixty points uh, each in the by the fourth quarter. I'm talking both teams, not both players. So. <laughs> You know, it was, it was a good game to watch, though. I mean, a lot of offensive struggles, but really fun, especially for a game seven. Uh, Murray struggled early in the game, but, you know, he came through when it mattered most, and that's kind of what I talked about last podcast was it was going to come down to Murray in the fourth. And, uh, I mean, he wasn't typical Murray in the fourth, but he came through and hit some really clutch buckets and, and you know, was able to get him over, over the hump for the game seven. Yeah, I mean, coming down to the stretch, we did get a little Murray versus Donovan showdown. Uh, obviously, they struggled mightily going into the fourth quarter, but it was nice to see some back and forth between those two. And I know we talked about crazy last couple of seconds with Houston, Oklahoma. That was some crazy last couple of seconds with Denver versus Utah. What, what, uh, what was your thoughts on, on everything that transpired? Yeah, that was absolutely nuts. When when they got that steal and Jamal Murray's pushing up the court up by two with eight seconds left, I'm like, pull it out, pull it out. And he didn't. They they tried to get a layup, missed it, go bear with the rebound, looking ahead. I know he had Donovan Mitchell, and I know he had Conley. And, and part of me is, like, feeling a little weird. Like, I feel like there's something going on. He, he decided to pass it to Conley, and, you know, Conley's a gamer as well. But come on, man. Like, you had Donovan Mitchell down the court. I don't care if he's contested. It's his game to win, his game to lose. And I think he should have definitely looked at Donovan instead of Conley there. So, so you think you think that's something? You think that's something to look into? I mean, with their their past issues as far as COVID, and and I know they didn't get along prior to that. I think that there definitely could be some locker room tension um, around that, especially. Yeah, no doubt. All right. So I know we talked about what was next for OKC. What do you think's next for for the Utes? You know, Utah's in a, a weird spot because they've been good for the last couple of years. Obviously, they got Donovan Mitchell. Um, I don't see them moving him. I know a lot of people are like, oh, we'll see the trade offers for Donovan in this offseason. I, I think they're building around him. 
think if anything, maybe look to get rid of Gobert. But, I mean, they're in a weird spot because they're good. Are they contenders? I don't think so. What can they add? I honestly can't even tell you. I, I think they maybe have capped out as far as what they can do with their current roster. Yeah, I also agree. They're kind of in that weird um, spot where you're definitely expecting them to make the playoffs. and expecting them to play pretty good, probably be in that three to six range. But uh, with, with what they currently have going on, don't really see them being a title contender. Um I don't know. Maybe maybe they shock shock the world this off season and and move some pieces and, and get something else. I, I also am not really sure what that something else could be, but uh, that's why I'm not paid the big bucks to make those decisions. But we'll have to keep an eye out on what Utah does over the off season. Yeah, and I mean Gobert could probably pull in some some great pieces. So it's definitely going to be a team to watch and a player to watch to see uh, maybe a big change coming in this off season for Utah and another team involved. Yeah, so speaking of Denver, why don't we move into the Clippers versus the Nuggets series that just kicked off tonight? I yeah, that, I mean... What were you going to say? I was just going to say, I mean, this Clipper team really popped off, and obviously they've struggled with health all season long. Um, the big question moving forward for the rest of the playoffs is whether or not they can stay healthy. This is actually only the 13th game that they've had a full healthy roster, and, and they proved that when healthy... They're terrifying because they whooped up on this Denver Nuggets team. Yeah, it was it was definitely a route. Alluding to what you're saying, the uh, the Clippers have been 12 in one in those 13 games with a full roster. So I mean, they, they've shown that when they can finally get everyone together, they are unstoppable. I mean, they've already played great all season, even with all the pieces they're missing and all the different lineup changes. I think that's a good testament to uh, Doc Rivers as a coach. Um, I think they are scary, and I don't think they're faced at all by what the Nuggets got going on. One person we got to talk about from this game one was Marcus Morris. He came out and, and balled 18 points on four or five shooting from three. I know I felt like he should have been suspended for this game. I don't know if it would have made the difference, but I definitely think they got lucky with keeping him in the game, and uh, he might be a big player in this uh, series. Yeah, I know we, we alluded to what, what our thoughts are going to be. I, uh, at the end of the day, wasn't terribly surprised that they didn't suspend Morris. Um, I don't know if they ended up finding him. Do you, do you know if he got fined for yeah, anything? Yeah, I, I believe it was 35K. 35K. I mean, that's not, much, that's not much for him with, with how long he's been in the league, but it's kind of a kind of a slap on the wrist. But another guy, what about PG? What are we going to get from PG this, this series? You know, he looked, he looked pretty decent game one. Obviously not – MVP caliber from last season PG and I know he didn't win MVP but he was top three in votes um, I'm not sure what we're going to get from him man I'm I'm expecting a turnaround I'm expecting you know all-star level Paul George and if, if he can hit that stride here in the in this uh, series that could be scary moving forward yeah I mean with a, with a great talent like PG uh, I don't think it's going to take him much to get the ball rolling uh, and, and boost up his production. I don't know what, what slump he's in or what's going on with him, but I mean, I think if if and when he does right the ship, Clippers are going to be scary. And I think for Denver to have any chance in this series, I think it's got to be on the hands of, of Jamal Murray. Obviously, they got Gary Harris back late last series. I think he could be another big piece uh, as far as trying to make a run in this series, but Jamal Murray's got to be the key. Uh, he came out a little stagnant tonight, and I'm expecting some 40-point games, and if he can't deliver that, I don't think Denver has much of a chance. One guy I want to look at, obviously, you know, Murray's got a, got a ball, but Jokic, uh, I kind of want to see him do more. I know against, he went up against Rudy Gobert, who's been a proven defensive player of the year. 
Um, Jokic definitely has a much more favorable matchup. I think this series, I'd like to see some more out of him. So it's not all on Murray. Uh, maybe know what Murray can do, but I'd like to see a little bit more balance from Jokic. No, nah, the Joker definitely does need to step up offensively and defensively. Um, he's looking pretty stagnant as well. I'm expecting more of a fire uh, fire out of these guys coming game two. I, I think they're here to play. I'm not sure what the outcome is going to be. I think it definitely definitely goes with the Clippers as far as the favor. But I'm definitely expecting the two of them to come out with some more fire and, and make game two a lot more competitive. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely, I don't think, going to see anything like we got this first game with having a blowout. That was, um, I, I still don't think Denver's going to have enough, but I think it's going to be some much better games. And I think Denver might be able to get a couple. Yeah, I could definitely see Denver getting a game or two. And if Jamal Murray wants to play like Jamal Murray, then who who knows? It's up for grabs. Yeah, I don't know. He's got he's got Pat Bev probably going to be guarding him a good majority. Yeah, Pat Bev, 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 dude. I know no, you're not, not high on Pat. I know you're not high on Pat. Uh, I mean, it's a guy who's a little irritating to watch, but, I mean, I'm going to be honest. If I could have a, a guy like Pat Bev on my team, I'm not going to shy away from having him. Uh, I think, you know, he, he does what he does very well. Um, and, and, you know, you can get from him. He's a dog, and, and you want guys like that who, who really want to get after and really want to win and really want to play. Yeah, I'll take Pat Bev on my team, but just for the reason that he's not playing against me because I don't even want to deal. With, I don't. I don't want to deal with those shenanigans, bro. I, I couldn't handle it. Uh, so. that, that's that's fair. That's fair. But uh, why don't we move on to the next matchup in the West? Uh, that is Lakers versus Rockets. Uh, I think we got an interesting matchup here with the Lakers big men versus the Rockets guard play. Yeah, I mean this one's similar to the Portland Lakers series as far as. The Lakers going to be struggling to guard the guards and the oppo uh, struggling to guard the Laker bigs from the likes of AD, JaVel, Mer- or JaVel McGee. Um, you know, I'd really like to see if they play this very similar to how they played Portland and kind of come out on the guards and, and not let them get shots up. But at the end of the day, it's James Harden. And, I mean, he's an artist on the court. I know we've talked about it before. I don't, I don't know if there's really a necessarily way to, to, to you know, stop him offensively. No, but I think one thing that's really going to help uh, L.A. is getting Rondo back. Uh, Rondo, for me, is kind of similar to Pat Bev in a way that he's a gamer. He he knows how to get under people's skin, uh, and I think he's going to elevate the guard play. But, I mean, I still think Houston's guards are going to have a field day. But I definitely think Rondo's going to add some spark for L.A. No, Rondo, playoff Rondo will be huge for the Lakers, I believe. I mean, I don't know exactly when he's due back. Um, but no, he'll be big for them defensively, playmaking wise, give LeBron some time off the ball. You know, I think he's that, that healthy Rondo and, and him coming back is definitely going to be a big difference maker for them. I mean, I can only imagine what they'd be looking like if they still had Avery Bradley here as well. I mean, literally a backcourt Rondo, Avery Bradley, like that would have really helped with the Dame, uh, CJ, and that would definitely help with the, the Harden, uh, Westbrook, but obviously you're not getting Avery Bradley the rest of the season. So it's definitely on uh, Rondo's shoulders to kind of get some of this defense out there. Yeah, I mean, he's been there before. Uh, I'm not too worried about him as long as he can get back, be in shape, ready to go. Because, you know, Houston likes to move the ball, likes to run the pace. Um, But I'm not too worried once he finally gets his legs under him and gets back. Another guy I want to talk about if we're talking guards is Westbrook. He kind of struggled down the end of game six. I think he kind of gave that game away for them. Um, is he going to be a big enough difference maker to give Houston a chance to, to sneak past the Lakers? I definitely think he is the difference maker, whether or not he's a 
big enough difference maker. That only time will tell. Uh, I think he's kind of struggled to find his role after coming back from that that quad injury or hamstring injury. Uh, it's definitely going to be something to watch. I think if we can get like great Westbrook, you know, I'm not super high on Westbrook as far as his play, as far as his team play. But I think if we can get like the best version of Westbrook, I definitely think that'll boost uh, Houston's chances at maybe getting a game two or even pushing this to a game seven. Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree. I don't think whatever he does is going to be able to push Houston up and over the Lakers, but I definitely think he can make it a much more competitive series and, and show that those two can uh, move forward uh, together as opposed to having to do something differently with Houston if, if things go bad between them. Yeah, the one thing, the one thing that, that kind of hurts Houston with Respick on the floor is his lack of ability to shoot threes. And, and we all know Houston lives and dies by the three. They're a three-point three shooting team. Everybody knows it. And when they're hot, they're hard to beat. But like when you got a guy like Westbrook playing 35, 40 minutes a game and, and he's not hitting his shots, it really hurts them. So I think at the end of the day, it's really just up to LeBron and AD. I mean, if they take over, I think they're practically unstoppable. So you can't mess around with this, this Houston team. You can't let them get hot. You think they just need to come out and dominate from start to finish. I, I agree. Uh, Houston, big three-point team, and Westbrook does hurt them uh, a fair amount out there. Um, for me, as far as predictions, I'm going to go out and say I got Lakers in five. I just think um, Lakers should be too much. LeBron's not messing around. AD's not messing around. Uh, getting uh, Rondo back and hopefully getting some more coups action for them. Uh, Lakers in five for me. What about you? I like it. I like Lakers in five. I'm going to give Harden – and my boy Benny Mack, a little bit more respect. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Benny Mack pushes him over the edge and gets him to a game six, but Lakers in six. What a hot take. I mean, not really that hot if anyone knows Tom's love for Benny Mack. But, uh, get that man some minutes. Get that, get that man some yuckets. What that man. He just needs money. Shoot. He just needs minutes. He'll get the buckets. Don't worry All about right. that. All right. All right. Why don't, we, why don't we move on to the East? Which, which matchup do you want to talk about first? Let's talk about the uh, Milwaukee-Miami. Um, as far as the beginning of this podcast, when we first talked about the playoffs and the return of the bubble, we predicted this series. Um, I went on the line and said 5 C Miami was going to whoop up on Milwaukee, and it's not over yet. Uh, Miami's up 2-0, but the series does seem very one-sided, or at least it did in game one. Uh, Jimmy Butler came out and dropped a 40-point game in game one and looked damn near unstoppable. Yeah, I mean, he has definitely uh, performed well. I, I'm really not surprised when it comes to Jimmy Butler in the playoffs. He's another dude who's a dog. Uh, he's shown wherever he's been that all he wants to do is win. And, you know, he does not care. This is one thing that's different about Jimmy. He does not care how he has to do it. If he has to drop 40 points to win, he'll go out and get you 40 points. If he's going to have, you know, a bunch of assists and really play mellow and get other guys involved early and then guys know it's Jimmy Bucket's time late in the fourth, he's fine doing that. And I think Miami is really reaping the rewards of a player like Jimmy Butler and an ego like Jimmy Butler or lack thereof. Yeah, and I know one thing we talked about this series as far as Milwaukee goes was whether or not their supporting cast was strong enough. And, you know, you got you got guys playing well. Brooke Lopez, shout out to Brooke Lopez. He came out and he's been balling this series. But I honestly think Giannis uh, needs to look in the mirror, man. I, I'm not at all impressed by his play thus far. I think he looks – I mean, he's obviously playing at an all-star caliber, but he's not playing at superstar caliber. And if this Milwaukee team has – any chance it's got to be on the back of Giannis. Yeah, I mean, I really think obviously when you get in the playoffs, you see 
the greatest of greats, whether they're, you know, just elite or their MVPs rise up to the next level when it matters the most. And it's just something that Giannis has shown that he's unable to do so far in his career. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that he's not performed up to his level, but he hasn't found that new playoff level, which the greatest seem to find and really have to find. So I definitely agree with you. Giannis needs to look in the mirror and figure out how we can, how we can get that next gear, next level when it comes to playoff time. Yeah. It's going to be real awkward if they end up giving this MVP trophy to Giannis when, when he's playing like this and not give it to LeBron who obviously knows how to kick it to that next level and even plays like that in the regular season. I, I you can't deny Giannis is playing the regular season, but LeBron plays just as well, and when it matters most, LeBron's playing well. So, yeah, I mean, I know we we, we talked about it earlier about the fatigue of lo- voting LeBron, um, which is kind of unfortunate. But I mean, you're right; LeBron can put it on in the regular season when he needs to, um, you know, night in and night out. And then when it comes to playoff time, he's definitely shown that he finds two new gears when it comes to the playoffs. Uh, but it, it would be kind of weird seeing seeing the MVP get the award going to Giannis and then getting next in the second round of the Eastern Conference playoffs. Yeah, so with Miami up 2-0, do you personally believe this series is over? Over, uh, I mean, I would say I, I think Miami's going to win it now. Do I, do I think Milwaukee might get it to six games? Uh, I think that would be a fair a fair thing to say is, is Miami winning in six Um but, I mean, I, I don't think we're going to get a sweep if that's what you're asking. But uh, barring anything crazy, injury-wise, would I think be the only thing. It's it's going to be Miami series. And, I mean, you already know how high, high I am on this Miami team. Um, they're deep. They're all playing well. They're playing together. I think this series is over. Um, like I said, I, I think Giannis can maybe get a game or two depending on how he plays moving forward. But I, I definitely think this series is over. I think Miami's hot. They're feeling themselves, and the Bucks are not, and they're not. So I definitely think this series is over, but we can move into the next series in the East. We have Toronto versus Boston. Crazy game tonight. Um, oh, yeah. I know Boston kind of ran over them in game one, but the last two games have been have been good, and, you know, that, that buzzer beater tonight by OG and Anobi was, was something else. Yeah, it was, it was crazy to see, especially with Boston, you know, moving down the floor. Uh, game was tied, and, and Kemba Walker made a great play uh, with half a second left. Ended up uh, Thies, Thies, I would say his last name wrong. With, he's a with, thesis. He's a thesis. <laughs> with, uh, with the dunk half a second left, I mean, at that point, you think it's basically over. And then uh, shout out uh, Big Booty Lowry with the toss over, over Big Old Taco Fall. I think it's like a 17-inch uh, height difference was able to somehow get it over Taco to OG across court with that buzzer beater. Basically, it was a flick with half a second left. That was crazy to see. Yeah, if you if you guys are not watching playoff basketball, I don't know what you're doing because you're missing some quality, quality, great basketball. You guys must be sleeping or something. I don't know. Got to be. But uh, does this Game 3 win kind of let Toronto edge themselves and give them a chance back into the series? Oh, no doubt. I mean, from what you've seen, the first game, Toronto came out flat. Second game, they came out much better, made it more competitive. Third game, win it off a buzzer beater. Uh, the momentum's moving in the right direction for Toronto, and I think uh, they can really build upon what they got out of this game. Uh, Boston might be thinking, man, we really let one get away. 
Um, so, so it'll be interesting to see how, how Boston bounces back. I think Toronto is, is moving the right direction for sure. Yeah, I could agree. I definitely think this, this gives Toronto a chance. Um, I think the one thing that's ailing Toronto is, is a, who is the guy for Toronto? I mean, you look at the guy like Spicy P, uh, Lowry, Van Fleet, but at the end of the day, you really don't know who the guy is. And I think that's something that's going to hurt them moving forward when it's clutch time or they need to find a bucket. Like you got OG and Anobi making the game winner, but where are the other three guys? And I understand he was wide open. You got to go with what you got, but I think it's an identity issue for Toronto. And, and I think that they're great. I think they're a great basketball team, but having a guy like Kawhi last year, he was the guy which was able to push them over the, the top and get that finals uh, championship. But I just don't think they have the guy. Um, and I think that's going to hurt them uh, moving forward. And I, I definitely think this is a Boston series to win. Yeah, I mean, you, you alluded to it already with um, Toronto getting Kawhi. They definitely had an identity issue when it was Damar and and Kyle uh, of who's really the guy when it comes down to it. And they would always um, underperform the playoffs. Obviously, they had to run into LeBron most of these times. So, you know, kind of was going to be what it was going to be. But um, definitely losing Kawhi as your go-to guy down the stretch. Um is it's going to make it difficult for them. Uh, I don't really know if, if they're set on finding the guy. Uh, might it hurt them in the end? I think probably, but at least as far as where they've gotten kind of this this group of, of committee of, the, of those three really leading the charge for Toronto's work out through this Boston series. But I definitely think if they do get through Boston, they're going to have to decide who's going to be our guy when it matters most. Uh, you got to give respect to the Toronto organization. They're great at, at building these players up, and they do play a really solid system basketball. But I think at the end of the day, you can be a good team, but what separates the good teams from the great teams are the great teams have great players. And I'm not saying this Toronto team doesn't have great players, but I'm talking like superstar-level players, and, and right now they don't got it. I know a lot of people thought uh, Pascal Siakam was going to be that next guy, but he's really kind of faded away as far as playing at that level. But I like the system. I like Toronto. I like the organization, but I just don't think that they are a contender this year at all. I mean, I, I don't think it's fair to say they're not a contender at all. Does it definitely hurt their chances without having a, a clear number one? I would say so. But I mean, you just alluded to it, the system and the way they play with each other. It's gotten them this far and I think can move them forward into the next round, but definitely going to have to clean some stuff up and figure out who their clear number one is moving forward. So speaking of in my opinion, at least, the clear number one for Boston, uh, Jason Tatum. I don't know if you saw the video that kind of surfaced on social media since the last couple of days, but I don't know if you ever watched the Kobe and Michael comparison video as far as them doing almost identical moves. The same moves, yeah. I've seen that, and they, and they switch back between the two of them. Yeah, so now there's a new one coming out with Tatum and Kobe. And I know Tatum uh, loved Kobe and rest in peace, Mamba. Um, rest in paradise. But, uh, yeah, the same video, same kind of video came out of Tatum doing the exact same moves with Kobe, and I love it, man. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a huge Tatum fan, but watching something like that, that really gives me some hope for the future of NBA basketball, and I'm excited to see what he can do. Yeah, I mean, I think Toronto – Toronto, excuse me. I think Boston's got a great thing going with Tatum. I think he is taking over as a clear number one, but definitely have some great solid pieces around him with, with Jalen Brown as well. I really like that one-two punch from them. Yeah, so I know we kind of alluded to it earlier, but if you guys aren't watching playoff basketball, get to your TVs, get to your streams. It's about to get spicy. 
But uh, so moving forward, just kind of our last NBA topic of the night, we kind of just want to show some respect and congratulations to some of these NBA awards that came out. Um, most improved player, we got Brandon Ingram. You know, that was not a shocker. I think Bam finished second in votes, which was someone we talked about way earlier in the pod. But uh, Ingram definitely on his way, looking very KD-esque this season. And I think if he can continues to develop, he can be extremely scary and almost at a KD level eventually. Yeah, I, I also was not terribly surprised with the Ingram for most improved. I have liked what I've seen from him moving forward. And I think moving to New Orleans has been great for him. And I think he's just going to keep elevating his game each season. Um, whether his cap is going to be to a KD level, uh, I still think he has a little bit of time left to figure out, you know, what's his ceiling. Um, but I'm going to definitely be looking forward to, to what he's got moving forward from his game. And no surprises. Uh, Rookie of the Year was announced today. Your prediction, my prediction, obviously not who I wanted. And if situations were different, it would have been different. But uh, Ja Morant, so congratulations to Ja. Uh, extremely exciting to watch. Um, we'll see what's in store with him for the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, like we said, there was no argument uh, for it going to Ja. I think he had all but one vote for unanimous Rookie of the Year, so one vote shy of that. He, I mean, he's definitely electric. Uh, he's fun to watch. It'd be interesting to see what they can put around him uh, moving forward to see, you know, what their ceiling is as a team. So definitely be interested in what they can do maybe this off season to build around him. But uh, yeah, I was a little surprised to see Tyler Hero not getting much love on the rookie of the year. Voting. <laughs> I know he missed games Crazy. to injury and I know his usage wasn't insane, but I'm telling you, man, this dude is here to play. And, and I've been, I've been pretty right about player predictions. Uh, Thus far, obviously, you miss a couple, but I think Tyler Hero is about to be, about to be one of those top guys from that class, and that's a that's a strong class. So. Yeah, definitely a strong class, and uh, I know he didn't perform as well. Um, Tyler Hero did a little bit early in the playoff series, but uh, I definitely like his game and his skill set. And moving forward, I definitely think he's going to be a bright star from that draft class. Absolutely. And uh, we just want to say we appreciate everyone listening. Uh, I know some of our listeners are excited for the NFL season to start next next week, and so are we. Uh, we are a little skeptical over here on whether or not the uh, entire season will be played, uh, but we're definitely excited to bring you guys NFL content uh, through the next couple months. Yeah, going to have our, our fingers crossed that uh, each week we can come to the mic and, and talk some NFL. Yeah, I hope they figure it out, whether it's a bubble situation or something. they got to figure something out because I'm definitely looking forward to some NFL football this year. Totally agree. And then we also, it's going to be, it feels kind of weird, but we got playoff baseball is just around the corner. And as that approaches, you can count on hearing about some more baseball over the next month or two from us. Yeah. You know, let's go Dodgers. Let's finally get that series. Um, I know there's going to be some speculation on whether or not like this is a true world series win or whatever, but you know, if the Dodgers take it, I'll take it. So, yeah, I mean, as long as they're keeping the same playoff schedule, so I think you can't be mad at it. The The best team is going to end up winning it all. Yeah, I agree. But uh, thanks, everyone, listening. Again, just a reminder to check us out on our Instagram, at First Team All Podcasts. Uh, we will see you all Monday for next episode, where you can expect a little NFL preview with a hint here. Maybe our first guest. We'll Ooh. see. Who's it going to be? But till then. That's, uh, that's all from us, everybody. One love. Peace. How do I sound? Uh, pretty, pretty creamy. All right, cool. Cream of the crop.